0: Welcome to the SaaS Ad Lab podcast where we to the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling SaaS companies. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Josh. He is the founder and CEO over at Referral Rock. First of all, thank you so much for being on here today, joining us from Machu Picchu. Uh, <laughs> just, just kidding. But again, thanks, thanks for being on. Great Wi Fi. Uh,
1: great Wi Fi here.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You got your own little hotspot. But to get started, Josh, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about, you know, how everything kind of came to be. Where did you get the idea to create Referral Rock and what drove you to actually executing that?
1: Sure. So uh, the idea actually came from uh, sitting in in a car dealership and watching, you know, some, I was like, I think I was getting service to a car, sitting down with my coffee and my laptop and just, getting some things done and uh, I see someone come in and essentially they said that they were a referral of someone. They're like talking to a salesperson. Salesperson had this, the blankest look on his face, had no idea what's going on. And then it probably all happened, transpired over five seconds, but it looked like an eternity. I'm just like, yeah. you know, people watching and all of a sudden he snaps. to. It. he's like, Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Your, your neighbor, so-and-so said you wanted to come in for a Honda or something. I was like, yeah, that looked like total BS, but he snapped into it and it just, Got my brain thinking. I was like, okay, yeah, I see Dropbox. I remember the old PayPal referral program, Uber. All these guys are doing referral programs, like all big tech, but who does it for a car dealership? Who does it for a yoga studio, a gym, mom and pop stores and things like that. So Mm -hmm. a quick Google search for like, you know, referral marketing for a car dealership and stuff like that. and Nothing came up. Uh, yeah. and I would see plenty of stuff for e-commerce and I was like, well, no one's doing it for these other, other businesses, other right. businesses that are not online and, or just had very little online presence. So mm-hmm. that Google search plus, uh, my next hop is to a uh, domain registry and I go look for some names. If the idea sticks long enough, I actually buy a name and yeah, it probably happened within a couple days. And, and, uh, yeah. that was the, the first impetus of the idea.
0: Cool. And what were you doing before? How easy was it for you to just drop whatever you were doing to start working on this?
1: Uh, yeah, so I am uh, I come from a software development background. So I had an engineering degree and worked in software for many years. And if we don't trace back too far, but I did that for a while. And then I had a different startup that was a very early SaaS called Ubernote that was uh, trying to be a Evernote who was... Evernote before Evernote, so we actually, I think, launched our online stuff even before they did, mm-hmm. but uh, without funding and uh, without, uh, I think this was around 2008, 2009, and everything just kind of tanked, um, okay. yeah, and I was in a position to where after that I did picked up some software consulting here and there, and, um, and when I came across this idea, I was kind of like, had some contracts that were just dwindling along, and it was like, mm-hmm. okay, let me, uh, let me try to get back in the game again.
0: So did you drop everything? Like, did you just, you know, not obviously it's going to sound worse the way I put it, right? Did you just <laughs> everything off and then started working on referral rock? Or did you kind of do it like as a side hustle in the beginning, just to like get things going? And then once you notice, okay, like there's definitely something here to, to completely go after.
1: Uh, that- yeah, it was definitely a slow roll. I mean, this was probably from, if I look up at the domain registry, it was like December of 2013 when I bought the domain. I probably didn't start like, even just prototyping or thinking of screens and stuff for at least a few months. And it was just like, you know, when you start, uh, when I started to have an idea, you have other things going on. You're just kind of like, Oh yeah, well let me, let me riff on that a little bit. Let me do a little bit of work on that. It was definitely not one of these like take fire, drop everything, go. And I don't know if it ever really is like that for anyone, but it definitely wasn't for me. So a slow roll. And honestly the timeline from that to like a beta was probably like a year because it would just be nights and weekends, just tinkering around, you know, some weeks you'd work on it, some weeks you just kind of let it sit. Uh, in the midst, I tried to do some custom developments, tried to ask, like, you know, just got connected with my accountant and other people and just asked them what they thought of the idea. But it was definitely a slow burn for probably about like a year.
0: Cool. And how did you get your first, you know, couple of customers to start getting this. You said that you were asking people for their feedback, but does that mean that you were putting the product in their hands and getting feedback from them specifically after they used it or just running ideas by them? And because one of the things that I I see a lot of the time, way more often than I thought that I ever thought was a lot of people start off with an agency and they realize there's a problem with the people that I'm servicing and then they Mm -hmm. create the product that is essentially funded by the agency. Right. Right. So a a pretty smooth transition Uh, eventually most of them just leaving the agency behind. But in this case, you had your consulting services, which I don't, I don't know who you essentially were working with as far as the software, you know, consulting, but you started working on the project and then you were asking what seems to be your personal connections for feedback on it. How did you get the people to actually like, did you ever go up to that, to that um, car dealership that, kind of sparked your idea and tell them, Hey, I built this because you actually inspired the idea. So I want you to try it out, even if it's for free or how were you working around the product to make it suitable for whoever you thought it was going to be working for?
1: Sure. Sure. Um, Yeah. I wasn't that bold that early. (laughs) Uh, I probably didn't think much of myself as a salesperson at that time. So it was mostly just very like, you know, it was, it was just asking questions around this referral marketing idea. Like, oh, if a service existed that could do this, would that be of interest? Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I probably didn't do the the whole customer development and, and that type of thing and interviews mm-hmm. quite right. But it was something I was like interested in building and trying out because at least in another market, you saw it going on in e-commerce. You're right. like, okay, there's something there. Uh, people look for it. Mm-hmm. Um, which has led to where we get a lot of our growth, which is like inbound search and stuff. But anyway, um, to answer your question, to, to, to first get started, I didn't really get much out of the initial interviews. Um, I didn't really listen to them, honestly. So it's kind of a <laughs> crappy, uh, you know, <laughs> those lessons, like you got to do these frameworks. Yeah. And I was like, nah, I don't know. I, I, I feel in my gut that there's kind of something else there. So uh, it's probably going to steer a lot of people wrong. But what happened was I did that and then I I had a very very rough beta like Even though I could have coded a lot more of it. It was using I think I was using um, Like either survey monkey or one of those uh, I forgot some of the names
0: Google forms or something like that. Yeah
1: stuff like that That was like that was actually our first admin interface when I first actually did get a set of users that were interested in um because i did say oh if this exists would you be interested and then it's just started sending them sending them mm-hmm. some information on it and uh they would fill out a form and be like upload your logo like do all this stuff and then i would take that that csv output out of it and then essentially like hard code a version for them <laughs> so with like looking up in the csv so it was like i knew how to do a database stuff and all that stuff but i i, I pumped the brakes because i'm like i don't want to overinvest into right. the product too much until there there's something so something there um
0: so when was that tipping point that you said okay let's like let's start going in full in
1: uh full on was probably like so i said a uh, domain about a year and a half had a beta that was about another year of like a beta with some people using it in a very skeleton crew version and slowly i started like replacing it with real like code and oh you can actually log in now yeah and stuff um and uh so yeah it was around that time and it, it all came on a bet with a friend that just essentially was like hey what are you monkeying around with like you've been working on this for what two years and and you know you don't charge for it you don't you know, you know yeah. it looks like some people are getting value and i'm like you know you're like scared you're like oh no as soon as i let that cat out of the bag i'm either gonna know it's a failure or yeah or not so he's like you gotta start charging for it i'm like all right, fine. I was like, all right, I'll take a weekend and I will set up Stripe and get that going and we'll see what happens. And mm-hmm. and fortunately enough for me, probably within, it was probably within the first week I got one paying person. Nice. And, that was validating. Yeah. That moment where you're just like, oh, <laughs> okay. I knew that this this is what I want to happen, but it just feels you know totally different. So uh, yeah, so that was that, that was, I think the summer of, let's see. 2015 okay. so yeah two year, uh, two and a half years from like buying the domain and so that that summer went and all of a sudden it's like okay you've got people coming in you got more you know people actually paying for it and you know the first month ended with maybe like a couple hundred dollars mrr mm-hmm. and at that point the first version cost like 49 dollars a month right. and by the end of the summer it was like you know 1500 a month
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh it was probably around that mark around maybe the it got to probably around two or three, maybe, maybe two thousand dollars a month that I'm like, okay, like, you know, after pinching myself for a couple months, being like, okay, this is real, that they're not going away. This is like yeah. legitimate. New ones are coming. And all right, I think I'm gonna, you know, make make a go at this. So uh fortunately for me with my consulting work like I said, it was, it was software consulting. I had a couple contracts and it was mostly just me. I had a couple of people doing some side work for me. So,
0: yeah.
1: um, most of those contracts were kind of dwindling. So I didn't have a, I didn't have a hard debate. Like I think other agencies might have where you're basically like, I can work on this for the long run yeah. or I can continue to pay the bills with this. And, or do I do a 50, 50 split? Do I not renew that contract? Do I tell this customer to go away? I don't like them anyway. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So for me, it wasn't much of a debate. I think that work was kind of dwindling. I just didn't have to go hustle for more. And I'm like, okay, my, my mind is, I want to be working on this. I, I see it as a seed that's starting to sprout. Let's, let's continue to feed. Oh, it.
0: And it was good because it's like, as soon as this one, right, referral rock started to pick up, the other one kind of started coming down, which is kind of, you probably would have guessed since you're putting more, more of your effort on the other one, which is, you know, good, but that's, that's pretty interesting. Um,
1: so If so, I could have engineered it that way, that would have been the story, but I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't take credit for like, oh yeah, I planned this out perfectly by month two that, yeah. you know what, <laughs> it just, it, I got lucky. So, so now
0: you're about, you said 2015, that's when you went all in, you're about five years in with Referral Rock, right? Um, what's been, you know, the, the biggest challenge that you've faced so far? Like, and, and another question too, is when did you realize that you needed to start bringing people in if you did bring people in to, to help you with the workload?
1: Yeah, I did. I mean, we're, today we are at 13 people total, okay. including myself. And, uh, yeah, it was probably pretty early on in that process when I just, when I, when I realized how many support things I was on, how many call it like just the other things you needed to do. And also that you feel like your time isn't, I would say best situated for it. So it was like, okay, I need some other knowledge-based articles. Like I can probably have someone help me with that. Let's, mm-hmm. let's look for some contractors. So it definitely started on the pick up a couple of contractors that would do 10, 20 hours a week here and there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and that continued and I knew I would have to. And one of the big differences that I discovered along the way is that, you know, we, we quickly went to an inside sales model, even though I didn't know what inside sales was. Um, yeah. I stumbled into it, but, long story short, it was like, okay, this is what, you know, we, we can provide a good service. We can do some onboarding. We can actually talk to them about their needs. Cause I was getting customers from all over different walks. So mm-hmm. some would, some would, some could do self-service, some couldn't, but largely when you're trying to drive the revenue and seeing what the conversions are, you're, you're willing to, you know, put a man on it, put a hat on it. Right. So you right. can go and talk to them and, 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 not just, they, they're like, oh, it doesn't have this integration, or they didn't bother to look and be like, no, well, well we could build that. It'll, it'll be done next week. <laughs> so all that type of stuff built up enough that, I mean, I knew for our initial trajectory, it wasn't like people talk about product-led growth and, and all of these like mm-hmm. free trials and everything just being automated and done by the product. And yeah. I, I didn't. And it was mostly like, okay, obviously the product kind of ran stagnant for probably a couple of years in the middle because... Um, as we were growing it was like okay training training people getting sales training sales people bringing on some team members so mm-hmm. kind of going back to your question of what the hardest part is those that that's probably the hardest part was the people part just yeah. like not thinking of like okay uh just just you know learning i mean i i interviewed and i managed people in the past but it's kind of a whole different thing where you're they're under your payroll i'm sure yeah. you know um but it's like you know and yeah just bringing those people along, training them, getting them context, building out onboarding for the for the employee onboarding and mm-hmm. um, fortunately now i 'm at a place where like I have a, a layer of management in place with with thirteen i don 't have twelve direct reports that would be yeah insane <laughs> i can 't even imagine um, yeah. so that was definitely the, ho- the the toughest process, and it also was just like it took a lot longer than I thought you know you're like, oh yeah, i 'll hire some people they'll like, I'll put in this guy, I'll, I'll, uh, he's done sales before, I'll just like plug him in and he probably comes with his own playbook and nope, you know, a lot of that stuff is, you want to say you could just buy or just like, hey, I'm bringing in this guy, but Mm -hmm. you know, you still got to train on the product, on the market, you know, you might have one or two things that they know, but you still have to, you have to kind of fill in the gaps.
0: 100%. One of the things that you, again, going back to the, to the same thing, I feel like, but you mentioned a couple of different businesses, right? And it's really, it seems mostly like the service type business that is obviously not online, right? So like car dealerships, anything that's kind of like a brick and mortar, is that still the
1: focus for you? Um, its It was started out as our early differentiator. So, I mean, even in our first headlines of our stuff, I would just even put like, not just e-commerce, mm-hmm. um, or, um for businesses other than e-commerce, because if you were searching for it, all you would come up with is like referral candy and affiliate software yeah. and all these other things that people were just like assumed you were online. Right. And, you know, so we almost built out like a mini CRM in our back end so that it like brings leads and they have statuses and people move through different phases and it could be hooked up to other signals like a checkout page and other stuff. But for the most part, if you wanted to run it fully without a website, like, you could do it all like in our platform. So that was like the impetus of that model. And it's, it's actually proved to be uh, a great benefit now because we look at a lot of competitors. A lot of competitors are just are doing e-commerce, which is great. And it's easy to plug all that stuff in. And we're yeah. doing all the, we're doing all the other hard stuff that other businesses that don't have that. Like right. they, want transactional.
0: The, they, they want right. to benefit from the same service, but they can't because nobody else does it.
1: Right. So we, we, dug ourselves deep in that because that's where we saw something and now it's like people are coming and it's like oh i could use that and it's like oh i don't need those other things oh you do hook up with salesforce and hubspot and all these crms and can take the signals out of those to show when a deal close and then issue the reward like a lot of the people that were i would say in the uh like the referral Refer a friend types of software generation before me were mostly focused on e-commerce, which is fine, and widgets and and those things. And we dig deep into like uh, a member a member that joins a program has this full portal experience, so they can go in, they can do things, they can see different new things to share, they can go ahead and manage how they're getting paid out, or if they get a set of coupons, can see them in there. So instead of just being a widget you know we we dug deep on this other type of customer profile which right. has led to b2b customers which has led to um i couldn't say i knew exactly where that was going i just saw like a mar- uh, market position that yeah. was available that no one was really yeah. doing much for so nice
0: as far as new customer acquisition what is the main effort that you guys are currently using for that are you still doing the inside sales or are you doing inside sales with some advertising what kind of marketing initiatives do you guys have
1: uh, from the marketing side it's Predominantly all like inbound and in content marketing so sure. so whether it's a uh, seo a little bit of email marketing, but mostly We're we're yeah, like uh, I mean I watch my seo rankings for different things like a hawk and we're looking for different optimizations in there, so um, That's the fortunate for us is like people are looking for software like a right. you know Whether it's more top of the funnel for us like oh, you know viral growth uh, growth hacks or whatever and and hopefully we people are finding us through those channels but if you're like referral software how to design a referral friend program like those types of things you'll probably see one if not probably two articles like in the top 10 on just about most of those searches so people find us and uh, that was my goal initially was just to be in the conversation and then if we can drive them to get to a demo or start a trial, then uh, leave it up to our inside sales team and, and customer success and support to, to pretty much uh, get them in the door. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome.
0: If you could, we'll switch over to a couple more personal uh, questions sure. as far as running, scaling a business by yourself, uh, obviously with, with your team now. Um, but if you could do one thing, if you, if you, if you could have one thing for a rock right now, like what would that be?
1: What do you mean? Like one feature, one, like, any, if you could just
0: change one thing, what would
1: it be? Uh, um, if I was to change one thing, I don't know. It's, it's probably one of those things where you, you can't know what the path, you only know the path you took, but mm. knowing what I know now, I probably would have invested more in, in product and a, and another marketer earlier. So, mm-hmm. um, right now I still lead up the marketing team and, mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm at the point where like, there's, there's just, there's a lot of jobs to still shed, right? Like I have good, I have great generals in certain positions, like customer success and sales, and uh, a tech lead that's awesome, and all of those fill out well. But I'm still left with a lot of other roles, and if I started earlier in those seeds, knowing like, okay, we're going to be here at that point, I probably would have hired other people that were in more leadership positions earlier. So mm-hmm. right now I'm kind of a little more hamstrung with stuff like I'm still managing a couple people yeah. in marketing, I'm still managing a person that is doing product design. I'm also managing all those other people, so mm-hmm. it's it's hard. It gets hard to move, right? Like it's like I wish I had a little more breathing room, but I'll I'll get through it. It'll just take a little longer. Yeah.
0: What do you enjoy most? I mean, you you're obviously a software you know engineer, but is that what you like now? Because like once you start your company, right, you get a taste of pretty much anything out there. Like you were probably designing like the logos at the very beginning. Uh, You probably did like email copywriting, whatever it may be, right? right? Like you were doing every, like a little bit of everything. So like, Mm -hmm. is that still your passion or what is it that really dry? Like what do you, like, if you could pick one thing to do in the company, what would that be?
1: What I'm doing. (laughs) So like, I like, I like what I'm doing. Um, I think if you, broke me down into pieces about what i like the most it's just like building building mm-hmm. things building anything so um it's only i see the same thing in my son and you know in his like lego creations and all kinds of stuff yeah. and you just see him he gets like in it he'll sit there you won't hear from him for hours and he'll just be yeah. like that. And that that's that's <laughs> me here in yeah. my office so um but that's but for me i view it all the same like whether i'm viewing like building this company is has been extremely rewarding like the people Mm -hmm. and the culture we're doing it like i said we're all remote so there's certain nuanced things that we've figured out and making all this process work Mm -hmm. um and like i view it as building like no no different than software it's all like design and having empathy and understanding user user intent and understanding like Mm -hmm. okay if we put this project management things in place and these are the the rules of how you move a dev item around You know, you have to, you have to think about, okay, how does it affect everyone? What happens when this happens? So it's all building and kind of designing systems. So for me, whether it's doing a database or whether it's like building this culture and this hierarchy and how, how people interact with me, how people are interacting with each other as a, as a company. um, Like I, I get, I don't know, I feel like I'm in one of the luckiest positions to kind of handle your own fate, but at the same time, enjoying, you know, day to day, what you're doing.
0: What is one thing that you're not very good at?
1: Um, let's see. I'm probably, I don't know. I think, I think giving advice is, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> Because I tend to, and maybe is, <laughs> yeah, because I think I'm too honest with some of the things like I'll just keep talking about, you know, we're, we're talking and I have a million things to say on any two words you probably give out. Um, yeah. And it's, it's probably kind of being a better storyteller, kind of distilling some of those, the ideas down, um, the structure down. I mean, I know what those things are, but despite I might like, you know, say way, way too many things. So even when I was a consultant, it would be it's tough. It's like, Oh yeah, you're like going to talk yourself out of a job or you're going to be like, right. yo, this really won't work for you. And so, yeah, I think, I think giving advice and, and probably that, that storytelling, I think I probably talk a little too much and too elaborate. Like if you see my copy, it'll be like pages and pages of pages. And it's like so Long-time hard. Copy. <laughs> yeah. So hard. And, but I don't want to write that way. It's like, I got to whittle it down. Right. And you got to get it down. But then, then I have this pack rat thing like so i have my asana and and one and all these other notes stuff like stuffed with things because you don't want to throw anything away either so right. um whittling that down is definitely probably like the hardest the hardest thing for me because i got a million ideas but just trying yes. to say it in like a couple statements
0: <laughs> how do you work towards managing your work-life balance or what are your thoughts around that
1: sure um yeah i mean I think constraints are a big part of it. Like they actually help you, you know. Um, I have I have two kids, uh I work from home and uh and uh my, my spouse, my wife and, and we just there's like a routine schedule and it was funny is when once I went, once we had kids it was it kind of forced you to you like, Oh, the baby's napping or I was like, I have to I have to get this stuff done in these in these two hour blocks and things like that. So um, I think of a lot of things as routine and blocks and it, and it sounds kind of counterintuitive because people are like, Oh, startups run your own company. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. It's like, you know, that it's like this creative freedom of like a, a video game. It's like a video game is no fun. If you're just kind of walking around, there has to be right. these like Fretcher. side, side, side quests and all kinds of different, there's a, a narrative going on, but it gets boring if you're just like freely running yeah. around. So. I have to put, I have a lot of structure in place. I have a lot of routine and, mm-hmm. and but there 's still a lot of wiggle room for things like I have certain certain exercise activities on certain days, certain times meeting people um, and if, if anything, the holidays really screw me up because yeah. it disrupts all that schedule right so yeah. um, but we have it all like kind of like again i 'm thinking of it like a recurring system whether it 's like what 's recurring on a month basis what 's recurring on a week basis that type of thing so I have like one-on-one meetings set up different times I should have normally I used to have Wednesday as a full block of like don't schedule any meetings and kind of let that be kind of a free work day like a I can get in and get in deep on things but Mm -hmm. honestly I probably haven't been very good on keeping that up due to just like pushing too hard on some other areas so um, that's definitely I want to get back to but I think it goes in cycles of reflective periods and then Realizing you're running yourself into a wall, and then you're like, "Okay, I got to step back and like yeah. make changes or reread the stuff that I said I was gonna do and, yeah. and you know get it straight again and set my priorities again." Cool.
0: cool. What is one SaaS company that you look up to?
1: Hmm, what's a SaaS company I look up to? Um, probably the one I've been looking up to the most is uh probably DataBox. Cool. Um, actually met the CEO a couple times and. Cool. He's really helpful, and just we we've uh, talked shop a lot. But seeing what they're doing um, in the market and seeing how they're growing, and yet they're also still very like they do a lot of customer support and a lot of they they do a lot of giving first. Like if you're you're an end customer, you they I feel like they do it the right way. Um, they're if they've got they're doing a product led thing. They're letting their product scale. They're also doing a lot of inbound, like me. Um, So there's a lot of, a lot of traits to see there. they are definitely a few steps ahead of us in terms of like revenue ahead count and stuff, but, um, but yeah. That's what you
0: want though, right? That's where you can learn from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And not, yeah, you can't, it's hard to learn from the guy that's at a hundred million dollars because this problems, different problems, right? But you want the person that probably was in your shoes within the past year or two, because times change, it would have been different some other time. And, I feel like people get to certain stages faster, but there's different ways to talk about stages, like revenue, headcount. You know, are you remote or are you on-prem? Because like that's different. You know, you have to totally. do different things at different levels. But I, I feel like they're are a good one that I can look a few steps ahead and see what they're doing, and also enough that I can contribute to help them too of things I've seen as well. There might be some shared uh, shared benefits there. Totally, definitely.
0: A couple last questions here. Where can people find you online, Josh?
1: Uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter. Um, so J logic, J L O G I C and Twitter. There you go. Go give
0: him a follow, uh, engage with him. And last question, Josh. Um, do you have any questions for me?
1: Um, not, not too many. I mean, I know stuff, I know a little bit about your agency. I looked up some of those things like who, what are, what are good fits for you in terms of, uh, like customers and and what stage of of, uh, of a yeah. SaaS are you looking at that's a good fit?
0: Typically, we work with mid to late stage. Uh, just you know, they have their sales process down. Everything's already there. They just need that little bit more fuel uh, added to start acquiring more customers. That's really the like the the sweet spot for us is where they they've already kind of cracked the code and now they're just trying to get to that next level. Um, we've worked a couple of different times with more early stage companies where their sales process wasn't as you know as put together. So it's hard to throw a lot of money at that if it's just going to go to waste. Right. So we didn't definitely, we don't really want to do that. But aside from that, it's really just a lot of market tech, uh, marketing technology. Right. Which is, um, obviously you're aware of that, but any with anything like the like email verification softwares, design companies, uh, referral rock would be a good one on there too. Um, but just anything like that. It's uh, like putting
1: all those, those, those practices in place that they were so worried about the product doing other things and they, they're, Marketing debt, or their like technology tech operations aren't quite up to par where where, right. where they should be.
0: Totally, but yeah. Um,
1: what's your best for, tip for what's uh, your be- for for uh, lead gen? What's it? What's your undercover hack that you don't share with anyone else, but except for you know this your for the for the, your for the
0: podcast guest? Yeah, honestly, it's education, right? And and it's kind of something that you already mentioned on beforehand because it's you know showing people right. The blog posts and stuff like that, like having that type of content out there, that's actually going to provide value obviously. But a lot of the times that I see many software companies is, you know, they spend a lot of money in a very direct response approach, right. Where, and it's just, it's, it's very like, we like to be very, you know, psychologically driven, like consumer behavior, right. Like just Mm -hmm. understand what people, what drives people and what is it that is actually going to get them to buy your product. And it's not going to be because you're the next, you know, uh, I don't know, the next big product, whatever it may be. Right, right. Um, like you're not, you can't just go to them and say like, this is what we do. Like you have to right. obviously like provide a solution to whatever problem they have. But a lot of the times I like to think about, you know, second, third and fourth order consequences of you purchasing a product. And that's where like psychology really comes in is I'm not going to buy something that saves time just because it saves me time. Right. There's right. a reason I want that time. Right. So maybe I want right, to spend right. time with my kids. Uh, whatever it may be. So things like that, that just kind of so like speaking more like, to the human. Right, exactly. Um. So that, and, and also just trying to stay away from the direct response. Right. Uh, I like to think of it this way. If you ever go down to the mall um, and you're walking, right. And then you have those people on the islands and they try to put some lotion on you and you just kind of like, I hate like, you right uh, now. Yeah. I like, right? just, <laughs> just, just want to push right. them away because you, right. you don't know anything about the product. You've never spoken to them before, but they're trying to sell you something. It's literally it's the same thing, right? If I come up to you and for let's just use Referral Rock as an example. If you were on somebody's feed, right, on a Facebook ad or LinkedIn ad, whatever it may be, and they've never heard about you before, and it's not a search campaign, right? That's where it comes a little different.
1: Right. Uh, but
0: if it's a push type campaign.
1: Right. There wasn't intent. It was just like, hey, uh, I see you as just this guy walking down the aisle. And I, right. hey, what you
0: doing? <laughs> exactly. And like, oh, buy my product now. Like, it's very, uh, what's the right word? Like, it's not very tasteful, right? Like you don't see that as a, as a good thing, but if, if you've already provided some sort of value, if I sent you to a blog post, that's going to help you build your business. Okay. Now I can retarget you with a a more contextual, you know, Mm -hmm. piece of content and get you to actually book a demo. That's going to help you grow your company, not just book a demo because you
1: know, book a demo kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. People feel intruded upon at least in the yeah. yeah. So I mean it's a even different approach if they're even just like, Hey, I've got a sample if you're interested and yeah. you know, take it and if you want to come take it, you don't take it. You know, I'm okay with that. But yeah, if they're gonna like walk up to you and it's just yeah. like, Let me let me spray this, let me walk, you know, let me do <laughs> yeah. this, let me do that, but it's it's one thing it's like, okay give first here it's like cool. here's a sample like okay right, if i'm interested sample, i'll walk back later is a, yeah. it's
0: a different story than if i come up to exactly phone, right 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 motion in your hand
1: right like what's right. actually it's like actually invasive <laughs> into what you're doing versus and disruptive disruptive to your intent not necessarily like okay
0: All right. i got totally you. so hopefully that that was a little a little taste of what we what we do here but yeah a lot of creative thinking uh, a lot of you know putting together the pieces that are going to make sense for the end consumer at right? the end uh, B2B, whatever the company that we're working with is. Uh, but just really the main thing is just keep them in mind and and think about human to human instead of two, you know, B2B, C2C, whatever it may be. And think about the fact that they're people just like you. And if something's going to bother you, it's probably gonna bother them.
1: Right. Cool. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Josh, thank you so much for being on here again. It was a pleasure having you. Uh, we'll shoot over all the details later and for anyone that's watching, please subscribe. Like it, dislike it if you don't like it, whatever it may be, but thank you so much. Get for
1: engaged. Give them a comment. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank you. Take yep, care. No problem.